Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have given us the greatest gift in your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Almighty God, you have indeed poured upon us the new light of your incarnate word. Grant that this light indeed would be enkindled in our hearts and shine forth in our lives. Would every heart in this room this morning prepare you room in the deepest recesses of our hearts that we may receive this great gift, that you would run wild in our lives and be Lord of our lives. Emmanuel, God with us. And now, Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning and welcome to Christ the King this morning. I am sure that on a Sunday like today that there's probably guests in the room and we just want to greet you. And on behalf of our pastor, David Glade, welcome to Christ the King. We're glad you're here. You're welcome to worship with us anytime you're in town. And if you live here, you're welcome to make this your church home. We would love to have you. This is Christmas. Uh, we, we didn't celebrate it 25th, one and done. We are in a season of Christmas and until the Epiphany, which is next Sunday, January the 6th. So I can wish you a Merry Christmas this morning. Got to get a prop from over here, the manger. We're going to need this for the sermon today. Now, I'm a carpenter by trade, and I built this out of wood because that's what I know how to work with. But in the first century, this manger would have been built out of stone, and I probably would not be holding it up for you. Um, it would be too heavy. It would be carved out of limestone or made with clay and straw like the um, Israelites made bricks with straw in Egypt. It, when the straw strengthens the mud. When the sun bakes it, it it's as hard as stone, and this would not rot. But for our North American sensibilities, this is knotty pine. But this is the manger, and I'm going to put it here so you can look at it, and so that it could fall and disrupt the whole sermon at some point, and that would be okay too if that happens. Well, it is Christmas, and today's sermon is Jesus, the greatest gift. You may have followed along in your leaflets and your sermon notes are on page 15, but no need to do so. You all most likely receive or gave gifts on Christmas or Christmas Eve or on Christmas Day. Did any of you refuse a gift that somebody was trying to give you? Somebody say, here, I got this for you. And you said, no, thank you. I'm... That would be weird. Did you steal a gift from someone? Maybe, I don't know, that would be wrong on so many levels. Did you trade a gift? Did you return a gift? Maybe, if it didn't fit, or did you just return it to the person who gave it to you? No, that's strange. We wouldn't do that. One of our Christmas traditions at our youth ministry Christmas party is the white elephant gift exchange. Have you played this game? The white elephant gift exchange. It's a lot of fun. You wrap up some junk that you have laying around your house or a re-gift something for last year that maybe you didn't need or, or desire or you're something you're trying to just get rid of. Um, it's just been laying around the house and you're like, man, what am I going to do with that? I can't throw it away. You just wrap it up and, and take it to the white elephant gift exchange. You place this gift in quotes under the tree to be opened by some unsuspecting gift receiver 
who is chosen at random using a lottery system. Kelly Contrell did that for us and distributed the numbers at our Christmas party this year. This per person goes to the tree, opens the gift. They can keep the gift or they can steal someone else's. If you're number one, you go last or you can steal someone's gift. But the gift can only be stolen up to three times. I know this doesn't sound right. Giving junky gifts, which you do not want, and stealing other people's gifts at a CTK Youth Ministry Christmas Party sponsored event nonetheless. You don't want to do that at something that we're, but we do it, and, and everyone has a wonderful time. And when the dust settles, everyone has a gift, whether they chose it or not, or whether they like it or not. And then it's over. Everyone is left with what they have, whether they're happy about it or not or whether they're satisfied with it or not, or content with this gift or not. Now, many of you got gifts that you love this Christmas. Many of you chose a gift for yourself. Maybe you told a loved one what you wanted. Or maybe you even bought a gift for yourself. I bought us a family gift, again in quotes. It's a picture of John the Baptist by one of my favorite artists, Jack Bumgardner. I ordered it online, and I just had to have it and I just said, oh, well, it's for the entire family. We will all enjoy it together. For most of us, the Christmas get dust has settled and the gifts have been given and we're worn out. Maybe we're even numb at the end of this season from all the festivities. Many of us have already, and prematurely, if you ask me, have taken down our Christmas decorations or you're dreading it and you don't want to because you know what it will entail, that trip to the attic. But when the Christmas celebrations are over, we are left with what we have. Let me ask you, are you satisfied and content with your gifts this Christmas? Are we fulfilled by them? Do we get a sense of contentment and satisfaction? Or are we like many of the youth at our Christmas white elephant gift exchange, somewhat disappointed, longing for something more or for something better? Are we looking for a greater gift? Christmas is all about us celebrating the reality that God has given us the greatest gift. He has given us his son, Jesus. This gift satisfies and is sufficient. This gift will not let us down nor disappoint us. Our Isaiah reading, Isaiah says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Of the increase of His government and of peace, there will be no end. Now that's a good gift. That's a good gift. The Son who is given, Jesus, is the greatest gift of Christmas. It is Jesus who brings about the right rule over our lives, for the government is indeed upon his shoulder. It is Jesus who is our wonderful counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting Father, our Prince of Peace. 
This is the greatest gift. And this is the gift we are looking for. This is the gift that keeps on giving, folks. It satisfies us and to which there is no end. God has given us the greatest gift. This gift is his own son, Jesus, and we are to receive this gift of God. We cannot earn this gift. We do not deserve this gift. And yet this gift is ours. We do not need to steal this gift because he has freely given us this gift. And it is ours for the receiving. And we do not need to return this gift because it is perfect. Because he is perfect. At Christmas, we celebrate our God who has given us the greatest gift, his own son, Jesus. This gift is God himself living among us, Emmanuel, God with us. This gift reflects God's deep and perfect love for each and every one of us. This gift sheds light on and reveals the character and the nature of God, the giver of the gift and the gift himself. This is how much God loves us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever, whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is given and is for the receiving. Andrew Wilson in Why Jesus Not Salvation is God's Greatest Gift from Christianity Today says, in every miracle, every parable, simply by being in the world at all, Jesus is proclaiming God is good. He loves giving. And Jesus says, I am here among other things to prove it to you. This is what Christmas is all about. The gift of Jesus Christ is also expressed well in our Titus reading from this morning. For the grace of God has appeared. For the grace of God has appeared. Bringing salvation for all people. The, this gift is grace. And it is God's grace towards all of us. Lastly, we see the essence of Jesus, God's greatest gift. In our Gospel of Luke reading and the Christmas account, as God reveals Jesus, his greatest gift first to shepherds, abiding in their fields at night, because that's what a good shepherd does. A good shepherd shepherds his sheep even at night, protecting them, caring for them, nurturing them, leading them, providing for them. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ our Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes 
and laying in a manger. God, the great shepherd of the sheep, reveals the greatest gift of all. To all people, he reveals himself first to shepherds and in the most unlikely of places, a cave for animals. And in the most unlikely of packages, in swaddling clothes and laying in a manger, a feeding trough for animals. These shepherds were despised people. They were second-class citizens. They were usually poor. And unlike the wise men who in the Matthew account brought gifts, they come completely empty-handed to receive God's gift, his son, Jesus Christ. Shepherds were unclean. They couldn't even go up to the Temple Mount to offer sacrifices because of their impurities. They were rejected away from their families for long periods of time, looked down upon, but God reveals himself to them first. Think of it, the great shepherd of the sheep, Jesus, who said, I am the good shepherd, reveals himself first, humbly, to these humble shepherds who are faithfully watching over their flocks by night like a good shepherd does. The great shepherd of the sheep recognizes, knows, now that's my people. I will send my messengers to them and to all people. To the greatest of these, the wise men, and to the least of these, the shepherd. These flocks that these shepherds are tending to, they are temple flocks, temple sheep. On the land of Judea, the rolling green pasture lands in the spring, most likely, which is why they're out there at night. There for the slaughter at Passover, these sheep. There to be cared for because they cannot have blemishes, which is why these shepherds are extra vigilant over them. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, that's what John the Baptist says about Jesus when he begins his ministry, is born among sacrificial lambs to be a perfect and sufficient sacrifice for your sin my sin, and the sins of the world. The Messiah came to be both the good shepherd and the Lamb of God who is sacrificed for the sins of the world. Where normally these shepherds would place good gifts of food in the manger for their sheep, here, we see the great shepherd of the sheep providing for these shepherds and you and me, his own flock, his own sheep, with his own son wrapped in swaddling cloth from this humble feeding trough. That lowly manger became the holy of holies, the mercy seat of God, because Jesus, 
was there. Think of it. The one who claimed to be the bread of life is born in Bethlehem, which means the house of bread. And he's laying in a manger, a feed trough, to feed his people, his sheep. This is Christmas. This is God's greatest gift. So how are we to receive this gift of Christmas? We receive Jesus, God's greatest gift, just as the manger received him 2,000 years ago. Open, empty-handed, receptive. We, like this manger, are to be humble, empty, earthen vessels of useful service for our Lord. His life is to give life to our lifeless earthen vessels as we receive Him. You see, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. God's gift in manger lay, his body lay in manger clay, in earth and stone his glory known to shepherds. Their empty hands received the gift from empty vessel where the babe did nestle. In manger install God's greatest gift of all. This is also what we do every time we come to this rail for communion. We put out our empty hands and we receive God's greatest gift of Christmas. We come with outstretched hands to receive Jesus' body and his blood. We receive the perfect gift of God as the manger did 2,000 years ago. Like the shepherds, we bring nothing with us, only expectation and empty hands with hope that God keeps God's promise and he has given us his promised gift as foretold over 600 years before he came by the prophet Isaiah. My hope and my prayer is that we, all, all people, would receive God's great gift this Christmas, that we would come with outstretched hands and open hearts as the Christmas hymn, Joy to the World, says it. Let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. Have you received God's great gift of Christmas this morning? May you experience Jesus, the great gift of Christmas this year and always. May we, like the shepherds, be courageous and humble as we receive Jesus, the good news and great joy that God has given to us all. Amen? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You are here, Lord Jesus. Amen.